bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacy. Living Word with Pastor Mensah Otobu. And now, today's word. Well, as we come to the end of the year, it's always important for us to look back and look forward. Uh, look at where God has brought us and where he's taking us. And uh, I believe that 2015 is going to be uh, a great year. I say that to every year because I believe that God created us to move forward and not backwards. So no matter how high you go, the next year will be higher. No matter how great your testimony, the testimony will be greater next year. No matter your victory, there will be greater victories. Because God will continue to lead us from victory unto victory. And so we look into 2015 with great excitement. And as you you know, I announced earlier in the year, uh, well, earlier about a couple of weeks ago, that our theme for 2015 is perfection. Perfection. So uh, from next Sunday, uh, we will start a new declaration on perfection. We'll change our backdrop and several things will begin to change. And there's going to be a lot to be done in the year of perfection. One of the things I'm very excited about uh, for next year is there is a message I've been incubating for quite a while and I'm going to preach it next year. I'm going to do a series somewhere in the year. Uh, it's, it's going to be on the Bible. I feel that it's important for people to understand what the Bible is. How was the Bible written? How did it get to us? What is its message? How do you understand its message? How do you interpret the Bible? How do you understand what God is speaking to you when you read the Bible? And it's going to be an exciting series as we go into the Bible and understand it. And after that, anytime you pick your Bible, you, would, you will see things you never thought were there. Everything will begin to be very meaningful to you. And I'm going to do those series um, sometime next year. It's one of the things I'm very excited about because I've spent a number of years thinking through it and how I would want to do it. And I, I think the year of perfection is a good year to do something on the Bible. Uh, also, uh, from next year, we're going to introduce the declaration apart from our regular declaration on every first fruit sunday every first fruit sunday that is every first sunday we're going to declare the christian creed the christian creed is what people call the apostles creed uh so but is the christian creed is not just for the apostles so it is the affirmation of our faith as christians and every first sunday we will be declaring it. And because next week is the first Sunday, we will start uh, by declaring the Christian creed. And I'm also going to work on that and teach all the statements in the creed and as they apply to us as Christians. So that's also something I'm excited to be doing. I would not be doing that on Sunday. I would do the Bible teachings on a Sunday, but the creed I would do on Tuesday. And I would do a series on a Tuesday on the Christian creed. Um, next year, um, 
we are going to encourage you to follow through in your 20 year plan. As you know, one of the important things we started this year with is the development of a 20-year plan. And I'm totally convinced that all of you have a 20-year plan. Okay, I'll say it again. That I'm totally convinced that all of you have a 20-year plan. Okay, I'll say it again for the third time. Um, Because I believe in you. I believe in you. I believe and I'm totally convinced that all of you have a 20-year plan. Because I spent about two months talking about a 20-year plan and I believe you are a good church and all of you have a 20-year plan. But in case you didn't develop it, we'll go all over it again from next year to help you to do your 20-year plan plan for the next 20 years and how to go about it and we're going to encourage you to follow through those of you who started how to review your 20 year plan and work towards it in fact yesterday i got a phone call from a pastor from one of the leading churches in accra he said we heard about what you did with the 20 year plan we want to start introducing that in our church from 2015 so they, they took our outline and they're going to start their own 20-year plan uh, for their members. So we just want to encourage you. And one of the things uh, we said in the 20-year plan is we want every member of this church to acquire land. Every member of this church must acquire land. Throughout this year, we've been working so hard on that. Um, and because I told you that uh, we are working on it and uh, we don't want you to go and buy land in a place where you go and litigate and fight and so on and so forth and because when we talk about land acquisition everybody wanted to acquire land and it's good, I mean you can go and fight your own demons and uh, devils everywhere and it's good to have that experience uh, when you are acquiring land but we wanted to go ahead and, and get a land bank that people can buy uh, some over a period of time. And uh, we are almost there, almost there. Um, With the registration of the first 10,000 acres of land. we are hoping to do about 50,000 acres of land, uh, which is quite big. The whole of Tema is about 10,000 acres, so 50,000 is five times Tema. You say, is, that such, is there such land in Ghana? Ghana is big, I'm telling you. There's so much opportunity here. So we, 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 we just want to make sure that by the time we announce details to you, uh, you are not buying litigation. And uh, also, you would not buy land uh, that is fraudulent and your money gets diverted and so on. Uh, as, as Christians, we have to set a good example. So, uh, we're working through it, and I think by before the first quarter is over, uh, all the processes will be through 
and uh, you will be shown we are uh, going to design a whole city and uh, encourage people to own land in that city. Um, when we were doing the 20-year plan, we encourage each one of you to look at four things in your 20-year plan. And, uh, and there are four things I want to bring to your notice. The first is, in the next 20 years, what kind of person you want to be. The first thing I said is that you have to add 20 years to your age now. And once you add 20 years to your age, you know how old you will be 20 years from now. It's not always a comfortable thought to add 20 years to your life because it goes too far. You know, sometimes you wish you were just adding two years. Uh, but uh, we add 20 years. For those who are older, uh, when we add 20 years, where we get to is, is, is very disturbing. Very, very disturbing. And you say, is that me? Yes, that's you. <laughs> so 20 years, some of us are going to be pushing into some high numbers. High numbers. Retirement and extra retirement zone. But for those of you who are younger, 20 years is exciting. Some of you are about 25. Next 20 years will be great. You'll be about 45. Some of you are 30. Next 20 years, you're going to be 50. Some of you are about uh, uh, 40 now. Next 20 years, you're going to be 60. Uh, some of you are uh, 45. Next 20 years, you are going to be retired. Uh, <laughs> some of you are 50 now. And next 20 years, three score and 10. So, uh, for, for the young people, it's exciting. Please don't let the future meet you unprepared. You have to prepare for it. And it's important to ask yourself, what kind of a person do I want to be? My character. Do I want to be seen 20 years from now as a crook, as a liar, as a cheat, as a thief, or as an honest person, dependent person, trustworthy person? That's the first question I said you should answer. The second question is, what should I have accomplished? Your accomplishments. 20 years from now, what should you have accomplished? What should be the things that you say, I, I should achieve? And for many of us, 20 years from now, we will be uh, in our 60s or late 50s, 60s, 70s mid-70s, 80s. What would you want to have accomplished by that time of your life? For some people, it's to own a land, to own a house, and so on and so forth, or to do something else with your life. What should you be doing? What kind of work would you be doing? What kind of activity would you be involved in? That's the third question. What should I be doing? And the fourth is, what should I own? What would be your net worth, your net assets? And I said that you should aim that your net worth would not be below a million U.S. dollars. You have to create those assets. And you don't create it by magic. And you don't create it by things happening instant. Remember when I did the message on here a little there a little, I showed you how 
through consistent program, through a process, you can actually create great assets for yourself. I believe in miracles, but I believe also that miracles don't always happen instantly. Miracles happen over a process. So when you see a flower open and you say, oh, that's a miracle. It's a process. It was planted. It grew. It budded. And it flowered. When you see anything that you call a miracle, you will find that behind the miracle is a process. So much as we believe that God can uh, supernaturally change your life and change your circumstances, and there are times when God quickens a process and does something for you instantly. But that does not cancel out the fact that God is a God of systems. You sow, you reap, you sow, you reap. Whatever a man sows, that is what he reaps. That is the law of reciprocity. If you want it, if you want to reap it, you have to sow it. And I've encouraged you, we've encouraged you to work with that process. 20 years seems like a long time. But it's going to come very, very quickly. And start the process that will help you to get there. When I look at uh, Pastor Prince, whom we just uh, spoke about, I've seen the process grow in his life. And I've been part of a lot of important decisions he has made in his life. To have helped him to change some of the focus he had in his life to focus on the immediate, the next step to take. Not what I wish would happen, but the next step to take. Because most times the problem people have is they confuse what they wish would happen with what they must do. And so they never do anything. They hope, oh, it will be well. Oh, yes, I wish. Oh, I hope it will be well. And they never get to do anything. It's always important. You have to know the system, the steps you are taking. It's so critical. That's why as a church every year we give you a theme. We work with something so that the whole discipline of working towards something becomes a part of your life. So Luke chapter 14 verse 28 Jesus speaks to us to his disciples and to us and he says for which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first and count the cost whether he has enough to finish it. Now, who, 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 who worked more miracles than Jesus? I mean, who, if you talk about miracles, who can beat Jesus? But Jesus did not say, who wants to be, build a tower and doesn't just See it happen. Jesus is teaching process. And he says, if you want to get something done, this is the process. And he tells us four things that are in the process. The first one is that you have to see it. You have to see it with your imagination, with your vision. Which of you intending to build a tower? Which of you intend it? So if you want to do something, you have to intend it. You have to see it. You have to see it. You want to see the tower you want to build. 
You want to see the next 20 years. You want to see your marriage. You want to see your future. You want to see your children. You have to see it. And that's where everything starts. You don't start with what you have. You don't start with your problems. You don't start with what you don't have. You start with what you see. So what do you see in your life? What tower do you see? What future do you see? 20 years from now, 10 years from now, what do you see? Because until you see it, you can't work towards it. So Jesus starts with a process of seeing. The second thing that Jesus talks about is desiring it. Desiring it. Which of you intending to build a tower? You see the tower and then you decide, you intend to do it. And then Jesus said, after you've seen it, after you've decided, you have to cost it. He says, you sit down and find out how much it's going to cost you. The costing process is to let you know that everything you want to achieve is going to cost you something. It will cost you time. It will cost you effort. Sometimes it costs you real money. But many times it may not be money it will cost you. It may cost you friends. It may cost you a certain discipline. Everything has a price. I've said it over and over. You can go through life as a window shopper or as a buyer. There are people who go through life as a window shopper. And I'm sure this Christmas there was a lot of window shopping. Because I read in the papers that the market women were saying that people, there were many people in town, but they were not buying. So you can conclude they were window shoppers. Or since in Ghana we don't sell in windows, they were wayside, sidewalk shoppers. Because we, we, we display everything by the roadside. We're, we're a great country. <laughs> you have babies caught by the roadside. You have Bed, uh, bed by the roadside. You have furniture, sh- uh, chairs, sofa by the road. All of it is so, even coffin is so by the wayside. So you don't have to enter anywhere. Just by the wayside, you start and you end. You want food by the wayside, shirt by the wayside, shoe by the wayside. Just, just name it. Even preaching by the wayside, everything. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we have wayside everything. Wayside preachers, wayside, wayside everything. That's Ghana. But I'm sure a lot of people were window shopping. Now, what, what makes people window shop? When you window shop, you go through a shop, you pick an item, you like it. You like the shoe. Oh, this is a nice shoe. I wish I can wear it. This is a nice shirt. Oh, it would be nice on me. Here in Ghana, they won't let you wear it, but you, you measure it on your shoulder. <laughs> you made it on your shoulder and you say oh this is a nice shirt I wear it now you've seen it you desire you intend it and then you turn the shoe you look at the sole of the shoe and there's a white small white paper there and has something written on it it's a number and that number is the price of the shoe. And many times you turn the shoe upside, you look at the sole, you see the price, and quickly you put it down. 
At that time, you become a window shopper. You've seen what you want. You've seen what it costs. And you're not ready for what it costs. So you put it down. Many of us do that with our vision in life. We know what we want. But it's going to cost us too much. It's going to cost us time. It's going to cost us a change of mind. It's going to cost a change of attitude. It means we have to do things differently. We would, we would not have to sit with our friends and waste time. We have to cut down TV time. We have to cut down Facebook time. We have to cut down WhatsApp time. We have to cut down. We have to spend our money instead of buying credit for phone to go and register for a course and complete that course. You're going to have to learn and you get some F's. And fail and you have to retake an exam. That is the cost. That's the cost. That's the cost. Everything costs something. If you can pay the price, almost everything is achievable. If you can pay the price, almost everything is achievable. So, Jesus says, you have to see it. You have to desire. You have to cost it. And the fourth thing he said is you have to build it. You have to do it. You have to work on it. So, your future is your tower. My future is my tower, which I want to build. I have to see it. I have to see it. I have to see the next 20 years. How do I want my life to be as Mesa Otabel? Not as Pastor Otabel or General Overseer. Titles are meaningless when you come to life. You can pilot if you want, but it's not going to help you. And the most annoying thing is to have a powerful title and your life doesn't match it. You know, there, there, there are children who are born and their parents call them chief. It's a good name when they are children. But when they grow up, they are 50. And they haven't achieved anything. And they are begging by the roadside. And somebody asks, what's your name? He says, chief. It, it doesn't help. It doesn't help. It doesn't help. I mean, so you can pile up all the names you want and the titles you want. But it's what you achieve. It's what you achieve. So, what do you see yourself? I don't see myself with, with titles. I don't see myself with, oh, I'm pastor of this and I'm that, I'm that. It's me. As an individual, what do I see? What do, what do you see? And do you intend to work towards it? Do you desire it? Are you ready to pay the price? What is it going to cost you? Next year, you're going to have a fresh notebook given to you by God. It has 365 pages. And none of the pages have been filled. It's just rude lines on that notebook. And you're going to start from day one filling in the content for those 365 pages. If you leave any page blank, it will be blank. If you fill it just with one word, there will only be one word. If you fill it with a whole page, there will be one page. You're going to make next year the way you want it. 
You're going to fill in the pages. You're going to make choices. You're going to act. You're going to pay the price. And we're going to build it. You're going to build it. You should, every year, you're going to build something. You're going to build something. However, you know, sometimes you, you, you want to build life and you want to build something. But life, life sometimes is very, very unkind. Have you noticed that? Life can be very, very brutal and unkind. You know, things happen that you, you didn't bargain for. You know, something happens and all of a sudden, everything you worked for for five years is gone. Maybe, you know, electricity problems and your, your shop is burnt. Or you invested somewhere and during the process where the city was somersaulting, you lost all your investment. Life can throw you situations you didn't bargain for. Things you, you wish wouldn't happen would happen. And sometimes you have to start all over again. It's, that's how it is. It's tough. It's difficult. But sometimes you have to regather. You have to regroup. And you have to start over again. So I just want to encourage you from Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. And uh, verse 27 to 31 says, Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my just claim is passed over by my God? Have you not known, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary? His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. It starts with a word of complaint. God has forgotten about me. God has delayed in responding to my request. Each one of us at some point in your life, that thought will flash in your mind. God has forgotten about me. Does it happen to pastors? Yes. Does it happen to bishops? I guess so. <laughs> Does it happen to popes? I hope so. But every human being, you may be a president of a country or a shop, tabletop shop trader. But there are times when you feel abandoned. You feel nothing is working. God has forgotten about me. I planned, I started, and things are not working. It looks like my life is a waste of time. One of the things I've come to realize in life is that even people who seem to be doing so well at a point feel their life is a waste of time. They feel like nothing is working. Nothing seems to work. And, 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 and the people of Israel are saying, God has forgotten about us. He has abandoned us. Their faith is stretched to the limits. They feel inadequate. There's no confidence. They see other people doing well and they're not doing well. So God responds and gives them six things 
to look up to. The first thing when you feel weak is to know that God is everlasting. God is everlasting. He's an everlasting God. That, that is a very important concept. God has no expiry date. He has no limit to time. He sees the end from the beginning. God is everlasting. God is not limited to 2014 or 2015. We set goals by years. We set goals and say, by the end of 2014, uh, this would happen. And it's good to do that. And it's good to work towards your goals in 2014. But God is everlasting. That's one thing you must always remember. We live in time. God does not live in time. He is everlasting. God's purpose will not expire at the end of 31st December 2014. God is everlasting. He's there. He's there with you. And yes, this might have been a terrible year for you, but he's still there. He's everlasting. He's everlasting. That's the first thing you have to remember. Second thing you have to remember is that God is a creator. He's a creator. Isaiah says he's the creator of the ends of the earth. He's a creator. That means that he makes things happen. He makes a way where there's no way. He can change what you see as permanent. He can create. He can engineer a new process. He's everlasting and he's a creator. With God, there are endless possibilities. Endless possibilities. Endless possibilities. With us, there is only one possibility. We, we want it to happen this way. If it doesn't happen that way, it can happen. With God, there are endless possibilities. You come to the Red Sea and you think there is no way. There are endless possibilities. He makes a way. You have no water to drink. He brings water from the rock. Endless possibilities. He creates new opportunities. He can stop the sun. He can stop nature. He can, he can, he can do anything. He's a creator. There are endless possibilities. I may be stuck today, but I'll find my way tomorrow. Everybody might have passed me by, but I don't know what will happen five minutes from now, whom I'm going to meet, where I'm going to be, what, what new door God will open. He's a creator. There is a God of endless possibilities. That's why we never give up hope. Because he's a creator, is a God of endless possibilities. He can do all things. He can shock you. He can surprise you. When you come to your, the end of yourself, he can create a new beginning. He is no, he's everlasting. He's a creator. And the third thing God says about himself is that he never faints or gets weary. God never gets tired. He never weakens in power. The years does not make God weak. The years will make me weak. The years will make all of us weak. As you grow older, you're not as strong as you were when you were younger. But God doesn't become weaker with age. He doesn't faint. He doesn't get weary. He neither slumbers nor sleeps. He doesn't doze. So God is not dozing on my case. 
God is not dozing on my case. He's still working on my case. God is not tired. He's not weak. My enemies are not getting stronger because God is not weak. Fourth thing God says is that his understanding has no limit. There is no searching his understanding. He knows what I do not know. He has an answer to every question. He has a solution to every problem. His understanding has no limit. There is no limitation to what God understands. We know in part, but God knows in full. Number five, he gives me power when I'm weak. He gives me power when I'm weak. Even the youths shall faint and be weary. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. The young men shall utterly fall. He gives me power when I'm weak. When you're weak, don't flex your muscle. When you're weak, trust in the Lord. Don't pretend to be strong when you are weak. When you are weak, go to the Lord and say, Lord, I am weak, but thou art strong. In my weakness, his strength is made perfect. And the sixth thing is that God increases my strength when I have no strength left in me. He's going to make me walk, run, and fly to my destiny. It's a story of a man who had just been retired. And he was sitting at the porch of his house waiting for his social security payment. And when his first social security payment came to him, he had just been retired. This is his first social security pension payment. is delivered to him. He looks very, very discouraged at his first social security payment, first pension payment. And by the way, if you are hoping that social security would take care of you, I think you have to rethink. It's good to contribute to social security. It can help you in retirement part of the way, but it won't help you all the way, especially the one in Ghana. So this man... Uh, is very discouraged and he says to himself is this what life is going to be from now on sitting on the porch and waiting for my pension check to arrive is this how my life is going to be so he decided he was not going to settle for that so he made a list of all the things that he had his strengths his capacities everything he had learned and the list was long Because he listed everything he could think of. And on the list, he saw one of the unique things he had was that he was the only one alive who knew his mother's recipe for fried chicken. His mother used to make the best fried chicken in the neighborhood. And the mother had died. He is on retirement. And he's the only one who knew the recipe. Only he. Because the mother used about 11 different herbs to do his fried chicken, herbs and spices. So he went to a nearby restaurant and asked if he could cook the chicken. And they said yes. So he bought his chicken, 
bought the recipe, the ingredients his mother used to use, go to a restaurant and said, can I use your kitchen to cook my special chicken? They said, okay. A retiree, senior citizen, you know, charity, do him well. Let him come and cook his chicken here. So he comes to cook his chicken, sells the chicken in the neighborhood. And true to what he expected, everybody liked his chicken. And then he continued selling. And then he opened a shop. And then continued open shops. And eventually, the man who was a retired colonel from the U.S. Army, Colonel Sanders, established what is called the Kentucky Fried Chicken. KFC, which is in Osu right now. It started from a retiree who knew his mother's recipe for chicken and his pension check. If a retired man with a departed old lady's recipe and a pension check can have a product that touches the whole world, don't you think you also have something that you can change the whole world with? We serve a God of endless possibilities. Endless possibilities. Whoever thought a retired kennel would be selling chicken? <laughs> Whoever thought a retired kennel will end up selling chicken? You think maybe he'll be a security guard or set up a security company? But God is a God of endless possibilities. Started selling chicken. With his pension money. That's the God you serve. He's never weary. He doesn't get tired. So in 2015, may he be a God of endless possibilities for him. Endless possibilities. Endless possibilities. That's why we never give up hope. That's why we, we don't quit. That's why we don't surrender. That's why we don't say, it's, it's enough. It's okay for me. This is the end of my life. I don't think nothing good will happen again. Because... He's a God of endless possibilities. So yes, you abandoned your 20-year plan, 2014. But thank God, 2015 is coming. So you can have your 20-year plan from 2015 to 2035. Which is even a nicer, neater year than 14. The 35 is middle. So if you missed it last year, this year... Start your 20-year plan. God of endless possibilities. Start working towards something. He'll make a way for you. And he'll guide you. And he'll direct you. I want to spend some time praying for yourself, for your family, for the year we are about to enter. And I just want you to pray, committing what you have in your hand into God's hand. You may be like, that retired kennel. Maybe you have just something very little, little money, little resource, little opportunity. Just commit it to the Lord and just say, Lord, you are the God of endless possibilities. Show me the best way to use what I have. And just follow his leading. You'll be amazed where he will take you. Let's talk to the Lord. Let's talk to him. Oh, help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us. Help us, Lord. Pray for yourself. Pray for your family. Father, we thank you that you are the God of endless possibilities. 
There is no such in your understanding. You give power to the faint. Even those who are strong and equipped, the young lions, well-connected, well-educated, those with great resources, they shall utterly faint. They shall be weak and weary. But you were, your word says that those of us who wait on the Lord shall renew our strength. So in this church today, Lord, renew our strength. Renew our strength. Cause us to walk. Cause us to run. Cause us to rise above. You are the God of endless possibilities. Give us a testimony. Give us a song. Give us victory. And Father, in the year we are about to enter, oh Lord, let your favor meet us on the 1st of January. Let favor embrace us. Let favor walk with us. Let favor guide us. Let favor order our steps. Let your favor cause us to leap over walls and jump the valleys and cross the rivers. I pray, Father, that for everyone who has trusted you, that you show yourself strong on their behalf. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Why don't you shake somebody's hand and tell them, I serve a God of endless possibilities. I serve a God of endless possibilities. I serve a God of endless possibilities. Endless possibilities. And he's on my side. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebi, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebi. Email otebi at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.